We are very blessed to have as our special guest today, Pastor Billy Crone from Las Vegas, Nevada. Pastor Crone is a very knowledgeable, articulate, and passionate proclaimer of God's prophetic Word. In today's program, he'll be discussing his latest book, The Final Countdown, which presents a survey of signs of the times that point to the fact that we are living in the season of the Lord's return. Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I are delighted to have once again as our special guest today a wonderful Bible teacher who I'm sure many of you are familiar with because he has become an internet sensation. His name is Billy Crone. Billy, welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Thank you, Dr. Reagan. Great Thank to have you on again, Billy. Great to, great to be back. Well, we have you on here to talk about your new book, The Final Countdown, yep. Q Cool 80s theme. And we <laughs> want to know why you wrote it and what it's about. Well, part of it is as a pastor, you're supposed to teach the whole counsel of God's Word, right? And uh, the Bible deals almost uh, one-third of it deals with prophecy, so at some point you got to hit it, right? Uh, and unfortunately, the trend in the church today is people aren't. Uh, in fact, there's a lie from the pit of hell, and I'll say that, that says that basically Bible prophecy is doom and gloom. It's bad for the church. And yet the irony is, if you'd read the Bible, Revelation 1, what's it say? Uh, it's not only a blessing for the church, it's a triple-fold blessing. Blessed yes. are those who will read, who will hear, who take to heart the message contained within this book. And I think that uh, the church is frankly getting robbed. I think the church, instead of being doom and gloom, it's as if it's something bad for you, it's something good for you. They're getting, they're getting robbed because when you study Bible prophecy, when you teach prophecy, which is in the Bible, uh, and that's what you're supposed to do as a pastor, uh, the church uh, does not get reminded that this book came from God. Mm -hmm. And see, this is crazy. The stat is in the American church, those professing Christians, 50 to 52 percent, they actually doubt that this book came from God. They yeah. would have the audacity, these are supposed to be Christians. They would say that this book did not come from God and or it has errors. Well, how in the world could Christians say something like that? Well, I got a theory and it goes like this. When you don't preach prophecy, Christians are not reminded that this book came from God. Because that's what prophecy does, right? Because Old Testament, New Testament, Prophecy screams that this came from God. It's the only, only book in the world that has fulfilled prophecies. Right, which means only God, logically a supreme being who's above and beyond time, can predict the future in great detail, which God does, Old Testament, New Testament. And when you don't teach it, then no wonder Christians go, well, maybe it came from God, maybe it didn't, maybe it's, no. So when you teach prophecy, it reminds the Christian, no. Again, about a third of the Bible. So if you wanted to play statistics, about every third page, basically through prophecy, God's going, this came from me. This came from me. Yeah. And on and on he goes, when you don't teach it, Christians are not reminded, don't doubt, all of this came from God, number one. Number two, uh, hey, I tell pastors this all the time. Hey, you got a congregation that's worldly, that's lazy, that's apathetic, they don't have a heart for evangelism? Um, preach prophecy. <laughs> because when you preach prophecy, which you're supposed to anyway because it's in the Bible, yes. uh, then guess what? Christians, we have a tendency to get lazy, we get worldly. When you preach prophecy, it's a constant message, don't live for this world. What's John say? In fact, don't just don't live for this world. Don't live for this world, don't love this world, nor the things of this world. Why? Because it'll seduce you away. The love of the Father is not in you. Uh, and also, when you preach prophecy, and certainly with the rapture, uh, which is imminent, 
uh, it has a way of driving home the point, listen, I ain't got time to goof off. I don't have time to procrastinate, including not only my walk with Jesus, because he's going to come back and he's going to find me doing something. What am I doing? Yeah, right. In that regard, you know, I, I, I often ask preachers, pastors, why they don't preach prophecy. And yeah. usually it's, well, it's all pie in the sky. You don't understand. I've got to preach uh, sermons that are relevant to the problems that these people are dealing with. I've got alcoholics, I've got drug addicts and all this sort of thing. And, and this is all pie in the sky. And the point I make to them is one you've just touched on. And the point I make is if you can ever convince your congregation of two things, you'll transform them. Number one, Jesus really is coming back. The average yeah. Christian believes it here, but they don't believe it there. Right. And number two, that's an event that could occur any moment. Right. If you can convince them of that, you know what they'll do? They'll commit their lives to holiness and to evangelism. And what more could you want from a congregation? Yeah, which is basic bare bones it Christianity. It is relevant to the here and now. Right, and it's missing in the church today. And, and frankly, it's also a message of hope. Nobody has a brighter future than us as Christians. Hello. I don't know. Last time I checked, heaven's way better than here. Yes. Uh, and we get to come back and be a part of the millennial kingdom where God renovates the planet. It's going to be awesome, incredible, ruling and reigning with Jesus. It's just, woo. I mean, this is yeah. exciting woo. stuff. <laughs> Jesus wins, so we yeah, as Christians win as well. We're the winners. We're the and winners. We yeah. walk around, though, and you know, one guy says, man, that's not much of an advertisement for Jesus as Christians. When you walk around, it looks like your diet consists of uh, uh, pickles and prunes and lemons. You know, <laughs> you know it says, yeah, the where's the joy? When I know that Listen, no matter what I go through here on earth, man, nobody can take away my future. Amen. Nobody has a better, brighter future than Christian. But you only get that when you are reminded and are taught prophecy. And so basically, back to the book, that's why we did it. You're, number one, you're supposed to do as a pastor, you're supposed to teach all the Bible, not some of it, number one. Number two, to be a benefit to the church, but also hello to the lost, Yes, right? Well, I just want to read uh, uh, from the preface here because you start off with a very, very powerful statement. Yeah. And the statement says, Unfortunately, in the church today, the study of prophecy has been forsaken yeah. under the assumption that one can't really know for sure what it all means and therefore we should refrain from teaching it. Yet when you think about it, this is actually a slap in the face of God. For a majority of the Holy Scriptures deal directly or indirectly with prophetic issues. Why would God put prophecy in the Bible if it wasn't meant to be understood? Yeah, he, he's not looking for a filler. You know, I'm no. just like, come on. He's got it in there for a reason. All His Word's good for us. It ain't just parts of it. It's all good for us. So how dare could we as Christians, and that's why I said, I believe this is a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. deliberately to keep Christians, people, our world in the dark. This is the only book on the planet that reveals the future completely, accurately, 100%. You don't have to question. And it's also the only book on the planet teaching prophecy that tells us in minute detail what the Antichrist is going to do, what's coming down the pike, how not to fall for it, and how to avoid it, and most importantly, how to escape it through Jesus Christ. Okay, so what is the focus of this book? Well, we basically took uh, in Volume 1 the first five out of ten, what I call the big ones, the big guns, the big signs. How do you know we're living the last days? Now, we don't know the exact day nor the hour. I don't care how nifty you are with the calculator. I don't <laughs> care how many times you stare at a constellation. Uh, you don't know. Nobody knows. The Bible's clear about that, so don't set dates. But God loves us, and He does give us clear signs that we can know the season when it's getting close. And towards that, hence the title, The Final Countdown. How do we know that we're getting close to the next prophetic event on the calendar, and that is the rapture of the church, and then shortly after that, the seven-year tribulation. And so we start off with the first five. We certainly deal with the Jewish people. Then we go to modern technology. Then we go to worldwide upheaval, which is basically the world's falling apart with 
wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilence and earthquakes and signs in the sky. Okay, you said this book was all about victory and happiness, but man, you're listing here some pretty uh, pretty scary stuff mm -hmm. here. So is it always darkest before the dawn? Is that what you're saying? Well, there's that too, but it, it went, uh, oftentimes I'll, I'll say this, Nathan. I'll say, you know, Chris, well, I don't want to hear that stuff. I don't want to hear that, you know. Yeah, the, you have falsehood well, and wickedness rising. Yeah, I don't, want to talk, I don't want to talk about that. I, I had one lady, I kid you not. <laughs> With all due respect, she came up one time after the service I got to preach. She goes, don't you realize I didn't come here for this? And I says, I didn't say it, but in my mind, I said, don't you realize the whole service doesn't revolve around you? You know, it's just, it's just listen, we're here for the Word of God. It's all good for us, right? Yeah, all But when it. people mm -hmm. freak out about Bible prophecy, oh, I don't want to hear this. It's like, no, listen, it's just, it's like a frame. You need to reframe it. And mm -hmm. you got it in the wrong frame because the, the world, the enemy, whoever, has got them put the Bible prophecy around this bad frame, doom and gloom, prophecy, bad, ooh, I don't want to hear this. No, 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 that's not what God says. This is all good stuff because every time you hear a message about some of these signs coming to pass, Israel, modern technology, uh, even fast forward to one world government, big brother issues, yeah, they're kind of concerning, but guess what it is? All those are framed into the proper perspective. Hey, wait a second, that's a reminder that Jesus is coming back. Yes. And so every time when you hear something on the news related to prophecy that's showing you it's getting close, and if you're freaked out about it, put it in a different frame, the proper frame, the biblical frame, and that is, hey, thank you. You know what, I almost went today without thinking about the Lord's return. And so because of this prophetic issue I saw in the news, hey, thank you, thank you for that reminder. Jesus could come back today. I almost lost my joy, I'm excited again. Oh, what's that? Oh, and later in the day, two hours later, I heard about this aspect on the news, about this with modern technology, and well, okay, it's concerning, but hey, I put it in the proper frame, like, woohoo, that's two reminders in one day. Uh, that I, don't forget, the Lord's coming back, it could be today again, which is what? Uh -huh. The best news you could ever hear. Oh, we get the 30,000 foot view with the Bible. We can see God's overall plan and how the yeah. terrors of today actually fit into the bigger picture. And to me, the Bible, especially with all its proleptic statements, the, the fact that future prophecy is spoken in past tense, to me, the Bible is God's victory documentary. He's already done it. He's already yeah. accomplished everything He's planned to accomplish. He is victorious. And then He goes back into time and records parts of the Bible. So we know how it ends before it begins. And yeah. that gets me excited all the time. I'm happy when yeah, I well, read the and, Bible. And it drives home the point, too, that, hey, you know, God's never not on the throne. God is in control at all times. Amen. God is sovereign. And if God is sovereign, not just in the past, but He's sovereign in the future, don't you think He can handle your today? Yeah. Right? Well, Billy, you, you mentioned word. 10 of the big signs. Yeah. And uh, one of them that you mentioned is the rise of falsehood. What yeah. is that all about? Oh, yeah. Well, well, Jesus, Matthew 24, the first thing out of His mouth before He talks about wars, rumors of wars, uh, famines, earthquakes, pestilence, all that stuff, the first thing out of His mouth He says, listen, Watch out when his disciples says, how do we know it's getting close? You're it's coming. the only sign he repeats. Right. Three times, right? Yeah, exactly. He says, watch out that no one deceives you. And then he goes, there's going to be false Christ. Mm -hmm. There's going to be false prophets, false teachers, all that stuff. And so that's what that whole chapter is all about, uh, is you can uh, bank on it. In fact, false Christ, they're all over the place. You know, well, yeah, one of the things that really impressed me in, in, in reading this book is that in each chapter, when you talk about a particular sign, you give all the biblical references for that, plus... Mm -hmm. You give modern day news references yes. that are documented yeah. in detail showing that these are things that are developing right now and, and trends that are going on right now. Exactly, and that's putting you that. You did a that, lot of research on this. Well, yeah, <laughs> that was, you know, but you know, pastors, we sit around drink iced tea, stare at the walls. Stare out the window. Had to do something. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know I mean, there's so much Bible <laughs> prophecy out there, you know, you get to like near 300 pages, like, well, I guess I better do a second book, right? Volume two and yeah. volume yeah. three, is that? Yeah, but well, well and, and yeah, we'll see how far it goes. It's, okay. We're just getting okay. started. But, but you're absolutely right. And I did that one for the, I call it the, for the skeptic effect, okay. right? 
because this is current events. This is what's going on with the book, and you can also get it on video as well. Uh, in the video, the benefit you have with the video version is uh, it's not just here's what the UN said. You'll see the actual video clip. Here's what uh, you know uh, this leader in Russia said. No, you see the actual news clip, so you get that benefit too. But certainly, it's current events. It's not here's what the Bible says. It's like okay, and here's what's going on today, right now, today, in fulfillment of that. You mentioned the the, the false Christ. Uh, they're all over the planet. In every sector, and you know, we just go right down the list uh, with that. You know, of course, one of the big ones that's been around for a long time. He's recently passed, and probably unfortunately knows better. Uh, you know, uh, Sun Young Moon, yeah. and he mm -hmm. claimed to be the Messiah. And you know what's freaky? Uh, talk about stuff that's going on in the Senate. Uh, actually, record this, and it's secular information. Uh, it's not just for him to claim that he is was the Messiah. Uh, he even said that Jesus follows him, if you can believe that. But wow. in one of our own Senate buildings here in the United States, uh, they actually had a celebratory crowning him as the Messiah in a Senate building. When right. I first heard of that, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But I found it on the internet and saw it. It's there. And it's secular information. It's not, uh, hey, you got that from joeschmoe.com. No, this is actual <laughs> information. And then that, that's just that. But then it, it, they're literally all over the place. These guys claiming to be Jesus are popping up all over the planet, just like Jesus warned about. You got Jesus from Siberia. That's Russian's version going on. People says, and when I was in, because, you know, of course, he's dressed like Jesus. He's got the, you know, it must be Jesus. And, and they say, well, I was in his presence and I felt this tingling, this electrical shock. And it's like, and I, I think somebody said that of Obama. One time. Oh, well, yeah, Matthews, it's like, yeah. Well, well, get your finger away from the electrical socket or something, because yeah. that's not Jesus, right? And then uh, uh, even in Pennsylvania, this one was crazy. I couldn't believe this one. It's a guy going around Pennsylvania claiming to be Jesus. He's wearing this, you know, got the Jesus look, if you will. Uh, and uh, uh, and the, his name is What's Your Name? <laughs> no, no, no. No, you, that's not the half of it, Dr. That's Ray. like reality winner. <laughs> no, you know, you know, and they go, What's Your Name? What do you mean, What's Your Name? You know why it's What's Your Name? Because every time they ask him, What's Your Name? He says, What's Your Name? <laughs> Like, I call it the annoying version of the Messiah. But then there's that guy, there's A.J. Miller. He's traipsing around. He was even in Dallas here at a conference. And he's got his girlfriend with him who's supposed to be Mary Magdalene. And, and these people are paying. He's traveling all the world claiming to be Jesus. That's Australia's. Oh, A.J. Miller's his name. Uh, there's there's uh, another guy from uh, England, uh, uh, Shaler, and he's a former British Secret Service uh, agent, MI5 guy. And he's into all kinds of, obviously not Jesus, of course. And, uh, but he even says he's got supernatural power and he's able to use his powers to uh, uh, change the results of football games and things of that nature. And, and I, no, no. And that's using I, his power wisely. And this is him, not me. He says, but I've learned that it doesn't work so well when you're drunk. <laughs> and you're going, We're going to have to take a break on that. Yeah. <laughs>
Bunch well, let's episodes. get back to the signs of the times for a moment. What mm -hmm. is there any one particular sign you consider more important than the others? Well, you know, it's kind of hard to pick. I mean, it used to be back in the day where you'd have this uh, one major event that was going on in the world. You go, aha, you know, that's something very significant with the one world government or something like that. And then you'd have a lull, and then something else would happen. It's like, oh, okay, uh, earthquake over here, and so worldwide upheaval. I, I don't know about you, but I can't even keep up with it. There's <laughs> so many things going on all at the same time. Uh, in all the signs, all the classic signs, that it's just like it's every day. And it's not just one. It's all of them converging all at the same time. However, I think one of the big classic ones, and that's, of course, what we start off with in the, the Final Countdown book and the videos, is the Jewish people. Yes. And yes. that's the only common sense, I think, really, uh, because uh, you can't have that final week, Daniel's 70th week, without the Jewish people. Well, it focuses on them. Well, it focuses on them. That's why the church is not there, because it's not about the church. It's about the Jewish people. Uh, it's Jacob's trouble, not the church's trouble. And it's that final week from Daniel, right, uh, with which is the Jewish people. That's where the seven-year tribulation comes from, and God pours out His wrath, of course, on the Gentile nations. Church is not a part of that. So in order for the seven-year tribulation to even that final week to come to pass, the Jewish people have to be in existence. Well, that's the problem. It was the problem. Uh, after 70 AD, after the destruction of the Jewish temple, they got scattered all over the world. Well, guess what? Just like the Bible prophesied, they would return to the land. And they didn't just return to the land, they returned in the exact order historically that the Bible Isaiah prophesied from the east, uh, the west, the north, and the south. And then they didn't just return to the land, uh, they became uh, a nation again. And not just a nation again, that was one prophecy. Another prophecy says they become a nation in one day. And that's exactly how it went down. May 14th, 1948, 4 p.m. Exactly, the People's Council made the declaration, the state of Israel is established. There you go. And not only that, they become a united nation, another prophecy says. And that's huge because it was like 926 B.C. that uh, you had the northern kingdom, the ten tribes went north, and two down south with Judah. And they've been split ever since. The first time in 2,900 years the Jewish people are back in the land as a nation in one day united. And the Bible even talks about the future temple services uh, would be using the currency of the shekel. Well, even when they came back to the land, their currency wasn't the shekel, it was the British pound. But that changed in 1980, yeah. and they still use it today. So that's even coming to pass. The Bible also says that uh, in the last days, Israel would blossom as a rose in the desert. Well, before they came back, after 2,000 years of foreign conquerors on Israel, that land was completely decimated. Oh, yeah. It was just a barren wasteland. In fact, we even quote people like Mark Twain went over there, and he basically would make jokes. Not only said, this is a barren, squalid, who would ever want to come here? Uh, he would make jokes, say, and all the sheep have to eat is rocks. You know, there's nothing here. <laughs> even in 1905, the Prime Minister of the Netherlands, he went over there, and he basically kind of tongue-in-cheek says, only God could stop. Uh, the inrushing of this desert. What a horrible place. Well, guess what? When the Jewish people came back, guess what? And the exactly. Bible said when they return, it'll become like the Garden of Eden again. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and you have over there, what's going on? Man, the, the, the basically the area that everybody was saying, who would ever want to come here? It's ruined. It began to respond. It's and the good land, just like God says. They, they had uh, the, the tr massive tree planting uh, uh, programs going on. They've got, uh, uh, of course, the irrigation, the desalination plants. And guess what? They're diverting water. And guess what the desert is doing? Exactly like the Bible says, they are blossoming rose. They're the breadbasket of the Middle East, the former mm -hmm. wasteland. That's happening too. The Bible also says that in the last days that the Jewish people would have a powerful military. They'd be able to conquer from the left to the right and things of that nature. And hands down, who's the most powerful military in that region? Who's one of the most, as small as they are, who's the one of the most well-equipped, well-trained militaries on the planet? A little mm -hmm. bit of Israel. And that they would also, the Bible says, they become a source of world conflict. Oh my goodness, you can't go a day without the, the world condemning Israel when they build an apartment complex. I mean, who complains about an apartment complex being built in another country? Yeah. But Israel, 
Every day. Every yeah, day. well, and here's the thing. Oh, there's no indicators that we're getting close to the rapture. We're living the last days. Uh, turn on your TV. <laughs> <laughs> every day. What are you hearing about? Israel, conflict, Middle yeah. East, and not only that, what's the event that starts the seven-year tribulation? Daniel 9, 27. The Antichrist makes a pity with who? The people. Israel. Right? Mm -hmm. So, well, wait a second. So they got to be back on the scene for that to start because they're a major key player in that, as well as build the temple that the Antichrist is going to go up into halfway and declare himself to be God. Um, but you can't have an Antichrist making an agreement with Israel unless Israel's in there. And it's not just that they're back in the land, they're back in existence again. Every, turn on the TV. What's even the current president wanting to do? We got to make a treaty with these people. Now, I'm not saying Trump is the Antichrist, but what we're seeing is for how many decades now, since 1967 roughly, oh, yeah. is everybody, not China, not Russia, everybody's screaming out, we've got to make a treaty with, it. now one of those guys is going to be the Antichrist. And that's the very event that starts at 70. That's on the news. Turn on the news. How do you know we're living last days? Turn on your news. It's all over the place. Now, what's wild is you do the, st the stats. That's roughly about eight prophecies, and there's a whole ton more just on the Jewish people. But the odds are this, m mathematically, what are the odds of just eight prophecies coming to pass in just one entity, in this case, Israel, the Jewish people? Well, it's been calculated like this. You'll like this because oh, Peter Texas. Stoner, right? Right. So it's calculated. You can take the whole state of Texas, cover it three feet deep with silver dollars, then basically hop in a plane, uh, fly over randomly over the whole state, take one silver dollar, mark it with a red X, just randomly throw it out, land the plane on the back edge of the state of the Texas, and then blindfold the guy and say, I tell you what, you have to go through the whole state of Texas, three feet deep, silver dollars. You have to, you got one pick and one pick only, and you have to pick that one silver dollar that we threw out in the plane with the red X on it. What are the odds that guy's ever going to get it? Mm -mm. That's the exact same mathematical odds of any one entity getting eight prophecies coming to pass in that, and that's with Israel. And in Jesus' life. Right? Exactly. And so, it's like, yeah. there's no way. This is, again, this is God screaming out from this book. I wrote this book. This came from me, and you might want to pay attention. To all of it, certainly about Jesus being the only way to heaven, but also what I say about the future. And if you're not saved, if you're a Christian, get busy living for Him. Get busy sharing the gospel because today could be the day He comes back. God said He would scatter the Jewish people all over the world, and He did because of their rebellion against Him. He said He would preserve them, yeah. which He did. He said He would regather them, which He did. He said He would reestablish their state, which He did. And yet, the majority viewpoint in Christianity today, both Catholic and Protestant, is that God has washed His hands of the Jewish people, has no purpose left for them, and that all these things that have happened are coincidences. Yeah. yeah. Big accident. Yeah. No, sorry, it's not a coincidence. And basically, I think what's sad is it's just not disagree. You're basically, with all due respect, you're calling God a liar. Yeah. Because there are promises that God has, eternal promises that God has made to the people to Israel that have not come to pass. They will come to pass when Jesus comes back the second coming at the end of the seven-year tribulation and establishes the millennial kingdom. And so you can't have your cake and eat it too. Either, <laughs> either God is a liar, which He's not, which is their position, or in fact, He's not done with the Jewish people. And how do you get around this? This is Romans 11. What's Paul say? They're not under a permanent blindness or a permanent hardness. It's temporary, right? Until the church age mm -hmm. is over and then bang, Daniel 9:27, and then God's eyes go back on the Jewish people to fulfill the promises He's made uh, that have yet to come to pass. What wow. would you say to a person who is watching this program right now who is becoming a little alarmed about all these signs of the soon return of Jesus, the uh, planet becoming uh, engulfed in total chaos, and they don't have any spiritual relationship with God? What would you say to them? Just look directly in that camera. Well, I'd there. say you actually, frankly, with all due respect, you need to be alarmed. 
Uh, because what we were headed for, Jesus said, I didn't say He did, this is the worst time in the history of mankind. So horrible that unless God shortened that time frame, kept it to seven years, the entire human race would be destroyed. But that's why He's telling you now, right now, in advance, what is coming, because He loves you. And the good news is, if you would ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, the Bible says that God will save you and He'll rescue you from this time frame. You don't have to be a part of the seven-year tribulation. You could be rescued from that right now through Jesus. That's why God is telling you. And it's a message of love. People say, oh, you're trying to scare me. Well, not all fear is bad, you know. If my son is out in the street and I see a truck coming, uh, am I a bad parent when I say, hey, get out of the road? Yeah. No, that's, you expect that. And so God's basically saying, hey, this is coming to the planet. Get saved now. He's made a way out. It's a free gift. You just got to receive it through Jesus. Amen. And that's what he's telling us with all these signs. He's saying, hey, this is coming to the planet. Hey, I've given you 2,000 years of a heads up. Please don't be stubborn. Please, he's not. he doesn't take a pleasure in the death of the wicked. He's not willing that any should perish. He wants people to be saved. But the number that's one spiritual lie right now that you see everywhere is there are many roads to God. So if you're a Jew and you've got your road, if you're a Buddhist, you've got your road. If you're a Muslim, you've got your road. If you're a humanist philosopher, you've got your road. Even yeah. the Pope is teaching that. Yeah. And uh, so, the, what is your response to that? The response is once again, you just called God a lie. That's right. Yes. Because Jesus, how do you? And this, oh, that's that's your interpretation. No, I don't care what you got, man. It's 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 not in the secret. I am the you're way, the truth, and the life. No one yeah. comes to the Father except by me. And that's just says John fourteen six. Jesus said, "I am the way." the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said that. I didn't. He mm -hmm. didn't say a way, a truth, a life. It's the article, the, the, the. He's it. Now, and then the people say, well, that's your interpretation. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. I'm just the newspaper boy. I'm declaring the news, <laughs> right? So Don't kill the messenger. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus said that. And then they're really hypocritical because they'll sit there, oh, but I like Jesus with the golden rule, do unto us. Well, he also said this. Yes. You can't mm -hmm. say he's a great guy over here and he taught that and then deny that. Yeah. Well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You either Jesus is true and he is or he's not. And you can't accept some and then reject the other, you're the one, not me, that's being a hypocrite. It's idolatry. We have our own Jesus that we filmed in our own fashion and we worship. Yeah, and I think that's, a, isn't that the, the fashion today? Yeah. But again, there's people getting away from the Bible. I think that part of the reason, again, people even in the church are getting away from the Bible is because not all the Bible's being taught. But again, when you teach prophecy, what does it drill in your head? All of this book came from God. Welcome back to Christ and Prophecy and our interview with Pastor Billy Crone from Las Vegas, Nevada. Billy, what's that website one more time? Yeah, you can reach us at getalifemedia.com. And I sincerely hope people will do that because you got a great ministry and I just pray the Lord will continue to pour out His Spirit on you and your church and your ministry. And again, thank you for being with us today. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you and I hope you'll be back with us next week, the Lord willing. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Dr. David Reagan's book, Living on Borrowed Time, presents a sweeping overview of the signs of the times that point to the imminent return of Jesus to this earth. It also contains a prophetic form in which 22 Bible prophecy experts respond to 11 questions about the signs of the times. Some of the experts include David Hawking, Jack Kinsella, Jan Markell, Ron Rhodes, Bill Salas, Gary Fisher, Nathan Jones, 
and Tim LaHaye. Dr. Reagan addresses the most commonly asked questions concerning the return of Jesus. The book can be yours for a donation of $20 or more, and that includes the cost of shipping. To order a copy, call the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, or visit our website at lamblion.com. As a bonus, we will send you a copy of a special publication entitled, Are You Ready for the Lord's Return? This is a great witnessing booklet since it discusses what constitutes a true Christian, one who is an heir to the biblical promise of everlasting life with our Creator. Again, just call the number you see on the screen and ask for offer number 802. The Living on Borrowed Time book and the booklet can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including shipping. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 